1: Thanks for listening to Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt Podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well. Today, here's a piece I hope you will enjoy from my friend, Dennis Prager. It's great to uh, welcome back Alex Epstein of... uh again, of the... Uh, by the way, is it Epstein or Epstein? Epstein. I know I know you all these years, and I still ask you, because I call you Alex, that's why. Maybe I should call you Mr. Epstein.
2: Uh, yeah, Alex is better.
1: <laughs> Founder and president, Center for Industrial Progress. So... Uh, I want to hear in your words, I can imagine, but I still want to hear your reaction to the Green New Deal.
2: Sure. Well, the original New Deal was supposed to take us from mass unemployment to full employment. Now, it failed, but it was still supposed to take us from mass unemployment to full employment. But the Green New Deal would take us from full employment to mass unemployment. So I call it the Green Great Depression.
1: That's a great re- reaction. I I knew it was worth calling you. Yet so true. The it's Orwellian that this will promote jobs. But go ahead, why don't you amplify on your point?
2: Well If you look at what has led to so much employment and much of the prosperity we experience today, and even prosperity that increased under the Obama administration, a huge portion of it is our energy leadership in the world, that we are a leading producer of many forms of energy, particularly oil and gas, and that cheap, plentiful, reliable coal, oil, and gas have made us more and more of an industrial superpower. In general, when you can produce cheap, plentiful, reliable energy, it gives you an amazing just productivity advantage, and it also is a huge security advantage. And so to take that and then to say we want to outlaw those three technologies, coal, oil, and gas, and then we also want to outlaw the only potential cheap, plentiful, reliable source of non-carbon electricity that we're aware of, which is nuclear, that is – combining the dogmat really the religion the green religion with the economics of socialism and that is the worst thing imaginable the socialism is bad enough on its own but then when you combine socialism with anti-nuclear asceticism, you're you're in really big trouble
1: I I, I do these uh fireside chats for prager university each week and it's a lot of young people watch so they also they send in questions so somebody asked me a, a 17 year old what should i do uh, with my professor or teacher i don't remember what it was who uh who just stands up in class and speaks about uh, the uh, green energy and the dangers uh, uh, that it, the world was coming to an end i said just ask the professor do you support nuclear energy so uh, that to me is the separates the the people who are serious from the people who have a religion just as you said
2: yeah that's that is the easiest witness test that there is that i that i know of because it is it's the. I mean, if you're if you're talking about if if you think that CO two levels are a crisis, uh, and but you care about human flourishing, you need to recognize that energy abundance is an essential of human flourishing, that's the core of what brought us from a life expectancy of 30 to a life expectancy of 80. So if you care about CO2 levels for human flourishing reasons, then you need to find the most likely uh, substitute for fossil fuels on a global scale. And while nuclear can't substitute fully for fossil fuels, it's by far the second best option. That we have right now and could in the future be the first best option and yet it is criminalized By the by the green movement. So my simple test is are you aggressively supporting the decriminalization of nuclear and the green new deal is focused on the full criminalization.
1: Do you even understand on the green new deal? what this notion is of getting rid of airplanes was this a new thing in your experience well
2: so they've they they tried to hide some of that stuff that alexandria Ocasio cortez said but yeah the well it's there's at least an honesty because when people talk about 100 percent renewable they usually mean 100 percent solar and wind um and they're they usually exclude hydro, which also shows that it's it's a religious thing. But they at least recognize that there's no electric planes. And so they recognize that fossil fuels, particularly oil-based fuels, are necessary for air travel. So there's a certain amount of intellectual honesty in saying, yeah, we are going to uh, not fly anymore. So we're going to reverse the Wright brothers.
1: How, uh, I mean this seriously, how will we get from the mainland... to hawaii shell boat uh, good point because because uh, ships use fossil fuels as well but we could yeah, sail there what... sort of like tor Heyerdahl and in yeah yeah it, it. i
2: i don't know i mean the the acknowledgement of airplanes but i one thing that's going on here that's important, and that that's basically true of anyone who's a socialist or a fascist, which are very close together, is they have no appreciation of the achievement, the industrial achievements that freedom has made possible. So they're always, I mean, they're always trying to impose some scheme that they came up with, and the scheme is always ignorant in enormous ways, and and it could be even as much as they don't even know that boats run on bunker fuel and other kinds of of oil fuel. But we have have a a lot of precedents for this historically. The one that most scares me because it seems most relevant is Stalin's use of Lysenko's genetic theories. In Soviet Russia, which led to mass starvation and here we have with green energy this is a this is a failed technology there's no such thing as a green energy economy you cannot there's no way to power an economy with fundamentally unreliable fuel sources just the technology isn 't close to existing and yet you have some cranks who are uh, informing the powers that be, mostly for reasons of religious affiliation, green religious affiliation. And so they're really trying to impose this crazy crank theory on the entire economy. So they're not doing it directly on food, but they're doing it on energy, which is the food of machines, which, is, which means it's also the food of food. So in a sense, it's even worse to do it on energy than just to do it on agriculture.
1: The uh, the other thing, how will, they say electric, but what will give an electric car its energy? When you plug in an electric car, isn't fossil fuel involved?
2: Yeah, their, I mean, their idea is that you're going to do it using solar and wind. And again, there's not any thought about the specifics of this, including that those are only as cheap as they are because they're all made using fossil fuels. But the fundamental thing is when you have an unreliable fuel source like the sun and the wind, it by itself cannot support an energy system at all, and so then what you need is you need a reliable fuel source. But the, the problem is because the sun and the wind can go to almost zero at any given time, you need a one hundred percent reliable energy system plus the unreliable energy system. So it it ends up costing you much. Well, much l- let's more be
1: money. honest. If you believe that the world will be will end will end as we know it in twelve years, then I, I this makes sense. But Again, the the weakness, which proves your excellent point that green is a religion, not a science, is the opposition to the clean, reliable energy of nuclear power, whose track record of safety is astonishing.
2: Exactly. So the the religion in this case, the god is the god of unchanged nature. But the rest of nature can change. It's particularly the god of nature unimpacted by man. So it's, it's a deeply anti-human view because they're all for change by every other species. But anything humans do to nature is considered bad which this is why I call them human racists because they're fundamentally against the human race.
1: So is this a a boost to work like you're doing? I mean will do you think this will awaken many Americans who are not religiously green to the dangers of green?
2: Well, I think that that one thing that's necessary is to have a clear positive alternative, which I would like to see a lot more of from the right. and One element of the positive alternative is to be really excited about energy freedom, including the decriminalization of nuclear, and to tell the story about how energy freedom, particularly in the last 10 years, has led to incredible prosperity and empowerment for Americans and really people around the world, and how we have an opportunity to continue to empower the world to greater and greater heights with energy freedom as long as the best forms of energy are allowed to
1: come terrific and Alex is center for industrial progress have a website
2: industrialprogress.com you can sign up for my newsletter or you can check out the moral case for fossil fuels on Amazon
1: correct please do so thank you Alex Epstein thanks for listening to the town hall review our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today.